welcome to Happy Hour, a work, culture and lifestyle show. We're your hosts. I'm Penny Blackmore. And I'm Brittany Bowering. Yes, it is her. (laughs) (laughs) If you like our show, um, please just like maybe do a social media post about it. Cheers to that, Brit. I mean, honestly, like a little story, a little Ooh, Instagram just, story. Just a whole story. Are just kids full... still on Instagram? You oh, know, what do I'm I still know? There. I'm out of the fold. I'm, I'm way out. I'm out of it. But also maybe like a fully planned content strategy. What you could do is yeah. actually do Brit's course. That's what you could do. Advertise for us for free. It would be great. Thanks so much. Thank you. How the hell are you, Brit? Oh. Couldn't be better right now, actually. Mm-hmm. We're recording on a Friday afternoon, and for the first time since November— Last year. Last year. <laughs> That's seven months. <laughs> uh, we're going out to dine at a restaurant. Ooh. Honestly, I'm actually a little nervous. Like, I'm like, what? How am I going to do this whole thing again? I, yeah, know? I mean, like, I was in a cab on the way over, and it was, like, people all over the streets, like— Lining up for COVID tests, lining up for restaurants, lining up yeah. for shops. And I'm like, oh, the world is back. Yeah. Because it's been very bleak. But we've, we've talked about that. Exactly. But anyway, so it's really exciting that we're kind of turning a little bit of a corner, at least hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't be more excited about it. So I'm in a really great mood. That's wonderful. <laughs> How are you? Well, um, <laughs> my notes here are like low productivity week in terms of mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. High productivity week in terms of personal growth and creativity. Well, that's lovely. <laughs> the thing is, you can't have a high pro- productivity week with work all the time. Like, you no. just can't. No, so. you certainly cannot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually good to accept that sometimes. Like, I took, I, I didn't really want to tell anyone this, but I basically <laughs> took today off because I sat at my computer and I was just like, I can't. I just can't. I actually, uh, I did a small little thing this morning, and I also just kind of took the rest yeah, of the day. Yeah, I just finished the crucial task. Exactly. And then I was like, oh, for Pete's sake, I'm going to go reorganize my cellar. Yeah. I need to potter around. I need to potter around. Um, yeah. That's right. needed to kind of like read lots of stuff and get re-inspired and organize my cellar and then go out to dinner with my gals. Exactly. So here we so are. Perfect. So we're going to be burning through this episode, bitches. Also, <laughs> but I'll tell you right now, this episode's going to be great. And the reason is, well, twofold. One, we're going to talk about a topic that I think it it will cause a little bit of red hot fire. Yeah, some fire. <laughs> and then the the other topics are actually from a wonderful listener. Her, whose name is Kate. Kate. Hi, Kate. Hey there. Uh, she wrote us this really nice email yeah. and also asked some questions and we thought, well, these are excellent topics. Let's do it. These are excellent topics for just about any old gal or Honestly. boy or non-binary person. Exactly. So, so that's what you them. can look forward to in the next, I don't know, 40-ish minutes. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? No one ever knows. Okay. Yeah. Five, four, three, <laughs> two, two, one. What? So Kate asked this really great question, and it goes like this. I attended the Front Row Conference, which, don't worry, guys, I don't know what that is either. <laughs> well, wait, what is that, Brit? It's it's literally a remote con- design conference. Cool. Kind of Missed it entirely. Yeah. Um, and Brit's presenta- presentation was captivating. What tips do you have on giving professional presentations and briefs while including humour and energy? Brittany was 
uh, to the point while also being personable. I just wanted to leave that in because it's a compliment to Brit. <laughs> How do you balance the two and not have your confidence shaken when you're often speaking into awkward and delayed Zoom screens? Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. That was a really nice compliment. Thanks for coming to my front row. <laughs> workshop. Uh, Kate. Yeah. I want to call her Kat. I don't know why. Mm. Maybe it's because of the C. Mm-hmm. Her name is spelled with a C. Anyway, uh, okay, so this is an excellent question, and I have some, I've talked about it a lot, actually, Please. Um, you know, on social media and stuff, so I have, like, my go-to tips, and then I have a couple of extra ones that I kind of, I thought of, like, these are things that I talk about when in facilitation, but I think it's really good in present, present, when you're presenting. Presentation. Present. Present. She okay. can talk. I <laughs> In presentations even. Oh my gosh, right? <laughs> this is hilarious. Okay. So the first thing that everybody needs to know about being an engaging presenter or speaker, mm-hmm. especially remotely, like Kate. <laughs> Don't point at me. <laughs> is you have to stand up. Okay. There's no option. Like, okay, there's that's no why sitting you down and mm-hmm. giving presentations. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> I wasn't pointing at you. Sorry. I just. I was like. I, I was like talking to you. I know. Do you know I'm what sorry. I mean? I'm sorry. It's not all about. I me. gestured to Penny, but it really wasn't about about. Um, I wasn't trying to, you know, insinuate anything. Exactly. So you have to stand up. I don't want to hear anything about. First of all, you will appear more confident. You'll feel more confident if you mm-hmm. stand up. You really will immediately. And your energy completely shifts. Yeah, that's true. When you're true. sitting, you're like, mm, you kind of start leaning on your, you know, desk or whatever. If you're standing, you're like, boppity, bop, bop. Like, you just have this, you know. Power, magnetism. There's a bit of a power there. So that's the mm. first thing, definitely. Love that. The second thing that I think people always miss, and I just think it's really funny, is uh, the smiling. Yeah. Like, a lot of people think, or maybe they just get nervous and they kind of forget to smile. But I think that... Um, you should, in a, especially in a remote presentation, smile way more than you think is normal. Okay. Like so that you almost look like a crazy person. <laughs> okay, that's I'm scary. serious. Like you, you should, you should just like your resting face should be kind of Al- in a smile, alert. Yeah, an not alert. alarmed, <laughs> not alarmed, but alert, and a little bit like you don't have to be like you don't have to be like being weird and like full googly, like full on. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like just you know like. A nice smile. Resting happy face. Resting happy face. That's what I'm talking about. Um, Yeah. So, and then a couple other, like, so do you ever, if you're giving a presentation, Penny, Mm -hmm. do you, how do you work it out in terms of scripting or, like, organizing yourself? So I plan, 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 prepare, plan. Exactly. That's my motto. Yeah. Um, I tend to, like really map out exactly what I'm going to say, but I don't necessarily script it. So it's like I've got all the talking points, so like the main bullet and then the sub-bullets and then the jokes or whatever. The jokes. Well, you know, maybe anecdotes. Little stories. Maybe like, here, tell them about that time that a client forgot to send their contract and then you couldn't start on Monday or something. Right, yeah. Um, And so I plan it all out. I look at it quite a lot. Mm -hmm. I have it in front of me somehow. And I stick to that. Yeah. But I I also ad-lib it so I'm not like reading it off a piece of paper. Exactly. So that's the thing. I think that um, you should absolutely never read from a script ever. Nope. Like you just – there's the, – the one thing about it that I think is kind of funny is people, they'll write something down and they're like, that sounds really nice. And then you read it out loud and it's like nobody talks like that. Yeah. You, it, it's really hard to write a script that actually sounds natural when you speak it out loud. 
Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent, So that's why, I mean, that's the first reason. Um, Second, I mean, it just always sounds a little inauthentic and robotic. Um, But what I do is very similar to what you do. So I actually, I just take Post-its and I write down my big points. And you put it behind them. I put them kind of in front of me so that I can sort of glance down at any point and see like, oh yeah, what was I talking about next? This. Mm. I also uh, practice like, a crazy person. Mm. Like I practice mm-hmm. a lot mm. before presentations. Yeah. Um, I think that's the only way to get comfortable. Yeah. And and people think it's kind of uncool to practice. It's like if you're uncomfortable, fucking practice. And even yeah. if you're comfortable, you probably need to practice double. Because exactly. you know those like real really egotistical tech guys who are like, oh, I'm actually just really comfortable in front of an audience. It's like, well, newsflash, honey, impresso sucked. Right? <laughs> I'm just going to riff about I'm gonna it. I'm going to riff. And... I'm just going to go on my natural charisma. <laughs> totally. That's Sorry. the absolute worst. It's not what you think it is. <laughs> right? Like it never is. Yeah. So I pr- And I think some people worry that if they practice too much – that they'll get into this, uh, they'll get, they'll sound robotic. Yeah. But it's actually the exact opposite. Mm. The more you practice, the more natural it it becomes because you know the material so well. Yeah. You know yep, what you're yep. saying. You've got your story. You've got your little tidbits and yeah so just practice like a crazy person 100 percent yeah next tip okay um <laughs> I'm excited these are really a couple good. of things that i in general to get engagement from people and to keep people engaged is to involve them obviously yeah. right so you you shouldn't if you're presenting something even if it's all about you the information you're giving them you need to ask them questions you need to get them to participate somehow yeah even if it's like I don't know, like a brief or a pitch or a presentation, like you should be asking questions Mm -hmm. to get a bit of context, to get to know the audience and to see kind of where they're at. Mm, Totally agree. And I think this kind of crosses over from presentations to sort of the more pitchy space. Yeah. Um, A big mistake I see, especially consultants doing, is the the kind of um, just talking at people (laughs) and not listening or asking any questions at all. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I like to start a kind of a pitch presentation with something like, um, I thought we could just start by just reiterating um, a couple of like parts of the brief that you really want us to talk about today to make sure that we're on the right track. Mm. And like sometimes that doesn't even, it's, sometimes it's completely, it's a token, but it just helps people to feel heard and um, kind of like engage with what exactly. you're saying. So they're a little bit more alert. As soon as you turn the table and ask them something and they think, oh, I should respond, all of a sudden they're like sitting up a little straighter and paying attention more. Um, It just works wonders. Um, Also, like, I mean, a big thing that I – so this is is kind of twofold is obviously stories. Yeah. Like – Storytelling, you mean? Storytelling, little anecdotes. Mm -hmm. If you're making a point about something, to follow it up with a little story about when this affected you or how you learned this or something about that fact Mm. that you're telling, Mm -hmm. it will stick with people more. They'll stay with you more. I mean, you know this. We used to teach this in our facilitation trainings that actually when you tell a story to a group of people, it aligns their brain waves. Yeah. It's insane. Um, yeah, exactly. It's and so cool. Also, I think I wish I had like one day I'm going to write down a little um, glossary of like punctuating s- phrases that you can use. So you know those things yeah, that you can. Exactly what oh I shit! Have sorry. No, but how funny is that? <laughs> that's exactly. I I make sure that I'm always like little phrases like um, well to get people's attention to get like mm. the big idea right yeah, the big yeah. idea here is um, also one that I like to to use is something like. 
the, the like the next thing is honestly the, like the next thing I'm going to tell you is was a game changer for me. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. people are like, "What was the game changer?" Yeah, like, yeah. and they're perking up and they're listening, you know. Mm-hmm. Or like when this thing happened, like it really opened my eyes to this thing. Like anything that's going to draw people's attention to what you're saying mm. and kind of get them out of this zone of like they're just kind of very passively yeah. listening. Totally agree. And like if you want to, I think those are great for presentations and if you're a bit of a uh, Brittany, like a bit of a star, <laughs> an influencer, but um, if you're just more of a penny, um, <laughs> then you can use <laughs> phrases like, um, I use this phrase all the time, which is just, um, okay, so what we've seen worked really well in the past was, or what we've seen really wor- work really well with other clients is, or yeah. sometimes like I think people don't bring themselves into the conversation enough. Like hot take, professionalism is sort of dead. Yeah. Like if you want to blend the fuck in, then you're going to adopt all the mechanisms of professionalism, but also um, the mannerisms that you use can still be your own. So for example, like I'll be like in the middle of pitching something to a client and then I'll stop and I'll be like, you know what, what I really love about this is that we get to first test the ideas on social media and then we can put them into place elsewhere. And they're like, oh, you love that. And and like, yes. and that that's just an authentic thing because I'm like, you know, this works well for me and I like it. Whether you decide to do it is your decision, but like, yeah. That's a great one. Thanks. Saying like, yeah, anything where you're like, I'm so, like, I do that a lot in presentations, especially with clients, um, genuinely though, mm, but still yeah. like telling them if you're excited about an idea mm. or you're looking forward to something, like that, it, that gets people, like yeah. it just makes people smile and they're like, oh, cool. Totally. You know? One of my clients has been waiting two or three weeks for this blog post that basically it started out like we had this loose plan and then it just exploded and now it's 5,000 words. So we're going to oh, chop wow. it into three parts and do it in a three-parter. And I just kept dropping them Slack messages like, Guys, uh, I'm super excited about showing you this, by the way. One day you will see this huge behemoth of a blog post. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, just saying things like, I think this is really cool because, uh, you know, it means you can talk to the customers and then blah, blah, blah. So just what do you think about it? Yeah. Sometimes how you feel about something can really anchor the point. Exactly. um, And get people's mind going. And then they can also say, you know, well, actually, we found that doesn't work well in the past. And you're like, okay, cool. That was just, you know. Totally. Just a little thought. Yeah, exactly, right? And that's the thing about just being, um, bringing, like, I mean, I loved your point about bringing it to you, but that's what, like, people want to hear about your personal experience. Yeah. They really do. And that's, that's why what, they're hiring you. Exactly. Mm. And that's what engages them and that's what brings, like, the best questions and all that. So if, when in doubt, get... <laughs> Get a little bit more personal with with it. Just buddy up. Buddy up. Buddy up. <laughs> I don't know. Shuckle up. What's, what does shuckle mean? Forget it. Just get weird. Culture. Do you know what I was thinking we should do for our next episode? What? We should flip the script and do lifestyle first. That's a great idea. Because I tell you what, probably everyone just listens for the work bit. <laughs> They're probably like, oh, I'm shooting out at the end. These bitches don't have a life. This is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is always what I fear as well. And that's why I'm like, I want to put work right at the top to give it to everybody right off the bat. Yeah. But you're totally right. We now should they'll make have you to wait. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Strategy. The hot takes are right at the end, baby. Yeah. Well, if you're going to tune out for this culture segment, you'll then be sorry. you're missing out. Yeah. Okay. Lead us in, Britt. Okay. So what we're going to talk about today 
is, drumroll, TikTok. <laughs> I know. We're late in the game. The most under-discussed topic yeah, in history. Exactly. <laughs> no one's talking about it, uh, so we decided we would tackle it. So here's the thing with TikTok. Just to give you a bit of background with, like, Penny and I and our relationship to TikTok. Mm -hmm. There is no relationship to TikTok. Neither one of us has the app. So You don't have it? No. Oh, okay. Because Brit sends me TikToks and I'm like, she's done it. She's on the TikTok. No, I... So my boyfriend has TikTok. Dan totally does. And he shows me the funny, cute videos. Love that. And I feel like that's all I need. You know, I don't need to sit there and scroll through. Curated. Yeah, it's curated content. And he knows what what I like. So it's perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, But it does irritate me when he's on TikTok and I'm in the room. I'm like, can you just... Yeah. Turn that off. Oh, like, fucking oh. Like every 15 seconds, a new voice being like, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. like, oh, God, it's just crazy. So, but what actually, what I find fascinating is, um, well, Penny shared this a little very article. interesting article. I thought it was pretty good. Hey. Super good. Yeah. Uh, from Vox. Mm-hmm. And what is kind of the most fascinating thing about this whole TikTok generation thing is that people are getting legitimately famous from TikTok. And yeah, and rich. And rich. Rich as hell. Like crazy. Like this Addison Ray girl. So basically the article was talking about, it had a really harsh title. I wish I had it in front of me. That would I know, be good. it was like mediocrity, like <laughs> yeah, you're mediocre. Yeah, it was like TikTok <laughs> rewards mediocrity or algorithms reward mediocrity. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the, so my, my problem with the premise of this article was basically like then they go to list like all these like conventionally attractive women who've made millions of, you know, received millions of followers on TikTok Mm -hmm. as they would exactly the same on Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I was like, of course, by nature of it being mediocre and not polarizing, the followers would increase. Like that's the nature of popular things uh, typically have more reach yeah. Because they're non-offensive. Yeah. Whereas like highly sort of niche subjects are niche for a reason because not everybody likes them. Yeah, that's true. But I... So, so don't blame the al- algorithm. <laughs> so I guess the thing about TikTok that's a little different from other social media platforms is it really kind of gives... So it has very little to do with your amount of followers. Mm. So if you upload a TikTok... Is that what you call it? A TikTok? Yeah. yeah. So you upload a TikTok, and maybe this has changed now, but what at first what everybody loved about it is that anything could go viral. Yeah. Because it was like it they just took your video, they showed it to a sample of people, and by they I mean the algorithm, mm. showed it to a sample of people. If they loved it, if they watched a lot of it, if they, you know, watched it on repeat or whatever, then they'd send it to more and it would just sort of gain traction. Gain really. traction and yeah. maybe it would go viral, maybe not. Yeah. Um, so literally anybody could have a video that has millions of views. Yeah. Um, so everybody was super excited about that. And now it's like there are these little TikTok stars, <laughs> these little TikTok stars that have <laughs> popped up. And I don't know, I guess for me, like I get, you know, Justin Bieber was discovered on YouTube. Yeah. You know, he's also from social media. Um, you know, not that he's like a great example or anything, but I just mean like this isn't new that mm. we're discovering talent on TikTok. But there are, um, I just, what I don't like about TikTok, I, two things that I don't like about it. Mm-hmm. One is actually the how people use it and how addictive it is. Yeah. But that's besides the point. Yeah. The uh, the one the other thing that I really don't like about it is that it's just so um empty. Empty. <laughs> yeah. It's as deep as a puddle. It's so stupid and like yeah. 
you know, you have these girls just like dancing and like shaking their butts at the camera and it's like their videos are really popular and I'm just Brittany, like, are you sound you so old. I, I know. love this. But also, yeah, I, I mean, I find it really interesting because at first, you know, do you remember Vine? Yeah. I always, I used to watch Vines and I'd be like, but what happens at the end? Yeah. You would just like cut off just before Six the kind of impact happens. Yeah. Um, so it kind of, I thought it was more like Vine. I didn't realize that it had weirdly spawned this whole like dance culture. Yeah. And I find that really interesting because like, this Addison Ray girl, who's I think she's like the most followed person on TikTok or the third most followed or whatever. She's like, she's kind of cute. She's not super skinny, which I love. Mm-hmm. She's a dancer. She was clearly a dancer as a kid. Mm-hmm. And she's like technically a little, she does like tight little pieces of choreography. Yeah. <laughs> God, that was maybe not the right Tight sentence. Tight little to... pieces of choreo. Oh, Lord. But, um, but, but, yeah, so it's like it's focusing on a different talent, whereas I feel like Instagram, it's like this performance of an attractive life thing where mm-hmm. it's like if you you can put together a really nice outfit, you can take a beautiful photo of like a bunch of flowers or your sofa or your pet or, yeah. you know, your backyard or whatever. And But on TikTok, it's like you can be in the grossest place, but as long as you can do like a little piece of choreography – and kind of look like a cartoon. Yeah. It's a very weird, like, phenomenon, I think. One thing that this article uh, talks about... Oh, yes. ...that was really kind of... also kind of made me sad Mm -hmm. was about this kind of taking these 16-year-olds that have become famous on TikTok Mm. and all these brands basically wanting to monetize them, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm just... I'm, like, actually genuinely worried about these people Mm. who are so young and who are now subject to basically creating a business out of themselves when they really have nothing. They haven't done anything. They're not, they're teenagers, right? They don't actually have any, I mean, maybe they're a good dancer, but like, that's not a, that's not something that should make you millions of dollars right out of the gate at 16. And and the reason that these brands are like, oh, this person's perfect is because they're almost like blank slates. They're so young, yes. they don't have any opinions, they don't really have any talent per se. So yeah. they're just like, you are all you have is reach and yeah. you have an audience. And that's why we'll just slap our brand on you and pay you millions for it. Yeah. And it's like, sure, fine, but it's also kind of one of those depressing things where, and this again, I know I'm gonna sound super old, but like when I was a kid, it was like, I wanna be an astronaut, I wanna be a doctor, I wanna yeah. be a firefighter, I wanna be an Olympian. And then <laughs> these days it's just like kids wanting to be influencers. And it's yeah. like, what? I mean, I'm sure the bubble will burst where people start to realize like what it is to be a public figure. Yeah. Because I think it's a very youthful thing to be like, oh, yeah, I want to be famous. And then you get older and you're like, oh, my God, no. <laughs> I do not want to be famous. It sounds like a fucking nightmare. Um, I, read, I heard this podcast with someone, so I'm stealing their thought. <laughs> but I can't remember who they are. Son of a... But they were saying that, like, they think that in the future, anonymity is going to be, like, the Worth premium so thing. Mm-hmm. It's like you pay to not be online and it's going to be exclusive to be private and secret and no one to know anything about you. Ooh. I love that. And I immediately deleted Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'll be ahead of the curve. Yeah. No, I'm joking. I didn't do that. That it took is... me about two years. <laughs> two years more, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, after, I know we talked about this last week, but after the whole watching the Britney Spears documentary, (laughs) 
I'm like— A hundred percent. Like, I'm not into being famous, not I, even a little. I feel like everyone really just wants that level of, like, niche industry fame. Yeah. That gets you business without you having to work totally. for it very hard. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we That's, that's what, we should what be we're all for. doing. Exactly. That's, all that's what we're going towards for. that. So I guess, I don't know, I guess the the summary of TikTok is it drives me crazy. It annoys me a lot. <laughs> Great. Um, I think that I find it irritating that people become famous out of nothing and that our, like, that humans, we're so, like, mesmerized by nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, how, why By is these, that? like, base level instincts. Like, oh, I like her face. She's pleasing somehow. Totally. Yeah. Um, and I think also the other thing about TikTok, which is really bizarre, I find, is that when it was really popping off, which was, let's say, like nine months ago, yeah. when it kind of really came into the public consciousness, a lot of the major media organizations were talking about how it's a Chinese-made app, mm-hmm. not to be racist, but like China is an authoritarian state, so we're using this piece of software yeah. that is probably like harvesting data like a fucking motherfucker. Oops, yeah. Sorry, so many swears. Um, like a full guy. Um, and we don't know what that's all about. We don't know what their objective is. Who? Are, and then someone bought TikTok, didn't they? Microsoft or something? No. Oh, my God, yeah. What happened Someone there? bought it. And I was like, and it was someone really uncool. And I was like, okay, bye-bye, TikTok. Yeah. So basically American two American companies tried to do an acquisition. Yeah. Um, and so it's weird seeing the narrative where it's like, we should be afraid of this thing to now, like the New York Times are just writing articles about people like Addison Ray, and they're like, okay, we've accepted it. And yeah. I'm like, what? Well, what about that data thing? <laughs> are we not you know worried about we, that? You mentioned that we should be really scared. Like, should we still be scared? Oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah. Anyway, I, I feel mean, like resist urges to social media. Yeah. You gotta. I think so. It's so funny how quickly, like, um, I took this little break for, you know, a weekend or whatever, and I was like, I'm rejuvenated. Mm. And then I got back, and then I was like, but, you know, I have to be on social media for my work, so I got back into it, and then blah, blah, blah. And then I, again, like, caught myself kind of right before having those, mm. th- those like, feelings of anxiety and comparing myself to everybody else online. And I, like, stopped myself, and I was like, okay, break. Like, yeah. you're taking another day off of this, yeah. you know? And I just, like, yeah, it's really, you have to be aware of that. And, yeah. God, I'm so scared for... All those kids. All the babies. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. One more thing about social media. Sorry, everyone. Mm -hmm. I know I'm like a one-woman machine. I'm like, everybody quit. But um, also, if you get a haircut and you post it on social media and you get all the compliments on social media, then two weeks later when I see you, you'll get a whole new set of compliments, baby. Exactly. Like, I just don't know anything anymore. It is actually I see people and I'm like, oh, my God, you're blondes. There's so much to talk about. Yeah, and, and they're like, and then that person gets like a whole fresh new wave of compliments. That's right. It's like having a double birthday. And the thing is, what's funny about social media <laughs> now too is like when you see people and you're like, oh yeah, like I was actually, I went to this really beautiful park on the weekend. Well, and they're like, yeah, no, I saw. Yeah. And then you're like, oh. And then you can't tell your story because yeah. they saw it all in your friggin' Instagram. Ugh. I hate that garbage. Okay. Absolute garbage. Fuck it. Lifestyle. Welcome to your friendly lifestyle Welcome channel. Welcome to your friendly lifestyle section. Okay, so Kate, we're coming back in. Okay, Kate. So this, I'm just going to kind of give this a little bit of a uh, 
little chop and suey. A little chop and suey. <laughs> so Kate graduates from university with her undergrad, and within like a day, she gets a job at this company, and she doesn't really like it. Mm-hmm. I think she even used the word hate. hate. <laughs> so what she's uh, wondering, and keep in mind that Kate is like, again, she's like just recently. One. She's young, right? She She's wondering, should she quit her job and travel for a few months as she kind of applies for new jobs um, and then just focus, she could focus some time on self-exploration. Um, I love this. Is that something that people do? <laughs> oh, so, so cute. cute. Um, she says, I think I would feel guilty quitting my current job without anything else lined up. Classic overachiever. Got it. Um, But on the other hand, I worry if I hop right into a new role, I'll be burned out from this previous one and will never get the opportunity to travel for an extended period of time. God, there's so much to unpack there, There really is. So unpack number one, should you quit a job before you've got something else lined up? Technically, no. Practically, sometimes. Totally. Like, I've done it a bunch of times. Especially when you're young and and you could, I mean, young, you could also, if you didn't find, like, a professional role, you could find something in the interim to, like, pay your bills if you have totally. Totally. I just feel like it's obviously like I would never be like, yeah, just quit your job. But if you find that you're highly employable to begin with, Mm -hmm. and for someone who graduated university and then got uh, hired within 12 hours... I would say. Which is what she said. You sound like kind of employable. And also from your questions, you sound adorable. Yeah. So that also makes you very employable. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at the end of the day, like technically it's not the best idea if you're going to be, not be able to sleep about it. Yeah. And it's going to give you heaps of anxiety. Sure, line something up or take steps to line things up. Yeah. But um, it sounds like if you have, if you're thinking about taking time to travel, it sounds like you might have a little bit of savings, which means then I would say yes, definitely. Yeah. Because actually applying for a new job is a massive it's a process. process. It's like it takes a lot of time. And anyway, so I think that if you if you have a bit of security around you, then I think there's no problem quitting a job before you have an, your next role. Especially because you sound so young. But if yeah. you're like, if you're a bit older and like things are sort of my, my, I feel like this ties into my advice for moving overseas in general, which is like it's good to have if you're like 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, it's good to have some kind of career semi on lock, mm. don't you think? Yeah. Because it just gives you the peace of mind to be like, yeah, I can take three months off and I'll come back and I'll somehow roll back into my industry or whatever. Yeah. But if you don't have an industry and you're feeling really lost, like – Feeling really lost and then running away is actually not typically a very good strategy. Yeah. (laughs) But it sounds like you maybe don't feel lost, but you're just like, actually, it's really funny, Kate, because this, almost this exact same thing Mm. happened to me as well. And I basically graduated university. I got a job. I didn't like it. And what I did was exactly, I mean, I graduated a little bit later mm. um, in life, but um, but then I, I I picked everything up and I moved to Europe. Yeah. Or I, I went traveling mm. and then I ended up moving here. But, you know, um, th- I, this is a very common story, like mm. a very common thread, I think, where it's yeah. like you get out of university, you start a job, and then you're like, is this it? Yeah. Am I going to be working here and like trying to work my way up and you know, in these kinds of positions, maybe I need to take a step back. And that's what happened to me. And I couldn't be happier that I did that. A hundred percent. And also, I mean, the main topic here though, is like when to travel as well. And I think like travel is, um, it's like, yes, if you're young, 
travel as much as you can all the time, basically. Yep. Any, any gap that you get in, totally. your, in your forward progress. And this is the best time for her to travel, is it not? I mean, is there anything open though, Kate? <laughs> like, where are you going to go? Well, in the, in I've the heard States, the Greek so. islands are open. Yeah, and Mexico, apparently. <laughs> I really want to go there. Yeah, okay, right. It's so funny because it, if you're from the U.S. or North America, it's not Mexico is a very, like, standard. It's like New Zealand to Australians. Okay, yeah. It's just like nobody cares about – if you say, I'm going to New Zealand, which it is a, an exceptionally beautiful place yeah. with incredible people, great food, huge mountains, right? Yeah, yeah. Really quite – it's a bit Canadian, like a mini Canadian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like – Seriously, if you're like, I'm going to New Zealand for the weekend, everyone's like, oh, that's nice. Wellington or Auckland? Yeah. North or South Island? Like, nobody gives a shit. But, like, if you said you were German and you're like, I'm going to New Zealand, everyone would be like, hold the press. Yeah, exactly. That's that whole thing. But anyway. (laughs) We digress. How far can you go? I'm going to Mars. So, I mean, I I actually, when I read this, I, the, the whole time I was just thinking, yes. (laughs) <laughs> you should absolutely quit your job and go traveling for a bit. Love that. I like love that, that was my whole thing. I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, this totally. is the perfect time. Life is so short and you yeah. really like. And you get an, into this weird career mode pretty quick. A hundred percent. Once you, yeah. if you get another job, um, it, hopefully, you know, your next job, you're going to like a lot more. You'll have a much harder time taking time off. That's the thing. And also the thing is travel is really addictive. So basically you do like your first trip where you start to see things and you're like, Oh, wait, okay, got it. So I've been to Europe, right? I've been to Paris. I've been to Greece. I've been to Spain. Now that means I've got all of the north of Europe. I've got Asia. I've got America. I've got – and so you start to get not anxious about it, but you start to be like, oh, my God, there's so much for me to do. So you got to start young, early, (laughs) make it your semi-other career. Exactly. Um, And what was that thing she said that was cute, self Self. Do people even self exploration? Do people oh, even do yeah. that? For sure. Yeah, they do. Yes, they do. I mean, like, I had a whole segment on that today, but we have to go to dinner, so we're not going to go into it. <laughs> we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll save it for the next time. But people absolutely, and actually, I would just say, I don't think enough people do that, yeah. actually. Yeah. I wish more people did actually take some time to figure out what it is that they actually want. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's just like we were talking about last week, like, what do you want mm-hmm. from the notebook? I haven't seen what it still. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? <laughs> I don't <laughs> Got to watch that. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I'll, I'll stop. So basically, yes and yes. Should we call this episode dedicated to Kate? That's adorable. <laughs> no, because no one else will get it. They won't get it. But um, there you go, Kate. That's I've got an you. idea for the, for the title this time. Thank worry. God, because yeah. I fudged it last week. <laughs> I love your titles. Well, anyway, we don't have to go into that on the air. I mean, it's kind of funny. We're we're showing you a bit of behind the scenes. Okay, so basically, guys, I use the word managerial in the titles, and usually within twenty, within like twelve hours, me and Britt have a pretty good idea of like whether the episode is going to pop off or not. Yeah, this was like the least pop. It's like someone had left a a bottle of champagne in the sun for like two years and and then tried to pop it. The thing is, I also got I got a couple of messages about last week's episode and how much people liked it. Yeah, that's the problem. So I fudged it with the title. Honestly, Penny. I should have said rules for bosses because then everyone would be like, oh, I want to make rules for my boss. That's right. Instead of worrying about because our listeners aren't managers, I don't think. I mean, maybe a, a few of them Could are. Could you let us know, guys? Who are you? <laughs> we really who are you. We get no data. 
That's true, actually. The podcast space is very terrible when it comes to analytics. Terrible. It's fucking Apple, you know. Anyway, Kate, go travel. Have a good time. Don't worry about your next job. You're going to find one. And you're going to know yourself a little bit better when you go. Maybe you know exactly the kind of company you're looking for, the kind of, you know, you'll you'll get assess a little bit more your values. Uh, oh, oh right? my God. Okay, fine. I have to bring out a podcast because this was part of my <laughs> self-actualization Ooh, lifestyle we- bit. So, um, Kate, I've got a podcast for you. Ooh. Everyone else, I've also got a podcast for you. We're not talking directly to Kate here. So... Basically, there's this podcast that I listen to called This Jungian Life. Have I talked about this before? Never. Okay, so Carl Jung is an, uh, he developed psychoanalysis. He's very like, people laugh at Jungian analysts because they're like, they talk about analyzing dreams and stuff a lot, which can be very comical. Right. Um, this Jungian Life is like the archetype of what you would expect from, it's, it's like Fraser Crane uh, levels of therapy stereotypes, if that makes sense. Like their voices are very smooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're very, like, interested in the dreams and the (laughs) archetypes and the schemas. The archetypes. Yeah. But anyway, so this episode is all about assessing your values and how that can help you in life. And what I loved about it was that um, it talks about how the values that you had in your family growing up, whether they're religious or non-religious, really start to shape you. And when I was listening, I was like, oh, my God, like this makes so much sense for who I am right now. Mm-hmm. So I'll link that in the show notes. Also, when it comes to values and stuff like journal, write a little journal, keep notes on yeah. your thoughts, reflect. Yeah, while you're traveling. While you're traveling, baby. You have a little travel journal. And if you come to Berlin, we'll take you out for a spritz, honey. Uh, definitely. <laughs> that would be so fun. Wouldn't that be so cute? Close up, everyone. We have plastic ice cubes, right? <laughs> and it's actually really good for the podcast. Because listen to this. It is actually really good. Because the clinking don't clink. was an issue. I was just swilling this back. Yeah. Nobody would know. These ice cubes are really cool. They're base- they're plastic and you just freeze them and then they just so when you you can put them in wine, for instance, in the summer. <laughs> And you, what, doesn't, doesn't water dilute your wine. I don't want to drink watery wine. I mean, I don't want to, but I probably but should. You oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. That's true. Especially in a red hot bell in summer. That's right. Just don't bite down on one of these babies. That's what you don't want to do. <laughs> Just I don't even know what's in there. Do you think it's... Poison, obviously. It's probably COVID. It's, probably COVID. it's TikTok. They're full of COVID. Full of TikTok. And TikTok. And your grandmother's data. Oh, no. Oh, Lord. Okay. Thank you so much to, for listening to this... What do you call it? A This was not a bumper. It was just a regular. Bumper. I always thought bumper meant like small little episode. Oh, no. Bumper means big. It means big. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I discovered oh. that. But I feel like I want to call this something. Like this was a real snacky. Snack. <laughs> snacky. It was a snack of an app. It was a snacky boots. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you have a wonderful week, guys. Yeah. And don't be a dick. Bye. Bye.